Sonorado and company, Chris Sonorado, Ashley Miller on News Channel 13's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, My Four, and the mothership, as they would say, mm-hmm. News Channel 13 over the weekend if you're catching us on TV. So much to get to on the show. I'm not going to waste time here with what we kind of call a cold open and a tease and all that stuff. Just roll the open. is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. A great team of local business partners here on Honorado and Company. Our thanks to all of them for making this possible each and every single week. The only televised sports talk show in the Capital Region. Like I said, Ash, so much to get to here. I didn't even give you a chance to breathe before we jump right into the show. But let's dive in here because we had history in Game 4 of the World Series after I so boldly declared the series over. Over. The Astros are out. It's over. Well, that's what happens when you say things like that. Philadelphia had one of its aces going in in Aaron Noah. They were six and oh at home before game four. They had just shut out the Astros. They had hit five home runs. And then what happens? They don't get a single darn hit. Now, look, you know, I'm not upset about this, but they didn't get a single darn hit in that game four loss. And now we've got an even series and, and the fun and the intrigue is back on. Yeah, I watched more. I've watched more of the World Series than I thought I would because I dislike both teams. Uh, but I dislike the Astros more. So last night yeah. wasn't a fun time for me. Uh, I watched most of it, not most of it, I guess two thirds of it, maybe. Uh, Christian Javier, man, he's been, he's had the best pitches. I want to say he's the best pitcher in the postseason. He's had the best pitches in the postseason. He's got the best fastball in the postseason. And it tops out at like 94. I mean, this thing is not blazing no. by guys, but it's up in the zone. It dances a little bit. There's there's obviously some sort of deception to mm-hmm. it that it's getting on guys faster than the radar gun is showing us. And and he did this in late June where he handed a no-hitter yes, over the Astros bullpen at Yankee Stadium, and it was a combined no-no. And, and I said then how these things don't exist and shouldn't mm-hmm. count and, and whatever. But – uh, he did it again on Wednesday night, and an, a combined no-hitter, the first of those in World Series history, it's just the second no-hitter ever in the Fall Classic. Of course, the 1956 Don Larson perfect game uh, is the other. And he's the first pitcher to start in multiple no-hitters combined, multiple combined no-hitters in his career, mm. and it happened in one season. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right. So we've so, got a series, right? Uh, so we've got a series now. Listen, yeah. Astros in seven doesn't look so bad. Every game it goes a little further. We've got to go, you know, at least two more games here. So, yeah. Um, yes, we've got a series. Game five, Thursday night, will give us Verlander and Noah Syndergaard. Interesting play here by Philadelphia. Syndergaard mm-hmm. is still listed as the scheduled starter. Verlander's never won a World Series game. Yep. That to me is it's mind sure. now, you know, when he got there with the Tigers in 06 or whatever it was when the Cardinals beat him, they got swept. Okay. 
Um, but he's been there now enough, I thought, with the Astros. He, he's had to win one of these. He's 0-6. And it's not like he's 0-2 in eight starts. He's 0-6. So when he starts a World Series game, Ash, not only does he lose, but his team loses. That's mm-hmm. a big deal for a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he is it's- going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. For sure. And it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not no decisions. It's not like he's just not pitching well enough to get the win. He's getting the loss in those games. Um, so concerning, but if it were any other person, I would be concerned. Like I said to you in our KPM restoration rapid reaction yesterday, I think this is the type of guy that you can't worry about that. He's going to be a Cy Young winner this year. I, I hope I hope not. I hope he doesn't pitch like a Hall of Famer tonight. I'm on the other bandwagon, Sam. Yeah. I'm on the Philly bandwagon. Um, but yeah, it should say fickle Chris in how you're, we're going to ride your roller coaster of emotions wow. here with the World Series. I'm a fan. Fans are fickle. That's the way it works. Uh, here's my one question, and, and we'll leave it at this unless you want to make a different prediction from your Astros in seven, which, as you said, is looking pretty good right now. Can pitching one game make a World Series MVP. If the Astros go on to win this World Series, and let's say they win in six, let's say mm-hmm. the Philadelphia doesn't get another one and Verlander gets it done, and then they still are going TBD on game six. Mm-hmm. But let's say the Astros win this thing in six. Can, I, can Christian Javier be the MVP? No. But the series has turned potentially on that one start. If I'm telling you the Astros are going to win the next two mm-hmm. where it looked like they were done, they had gotten shut out. They'd given up five home runs. The Phillies hadn't lost at home. It all looked doomed for Houston that everything then turned on that one start. That's not good enough. No, for me, it's not good enough. Like I get it. It was a combined no hitter, but it was six innings. He didn't throw a no hitter, six innings of no hit ball. They got a win. There has to be somebody else. Yeah, no. All right, Sam, we agree on that one. There has to be somebody else that offensively carries this team over the next two games, two wins if they are to win the World Series, that would that they could pick over a guy who won one game with six no-hit innings. For me, that's a no. You got As a starter, you have to win two games in order to get World Series MVP. That's in my opinion. All right, the other big stuff happening this week, all the all the trades in the all NFL, my the goodness. Um, 19 since the start of the season. Um, Double-digit trades on deadline day, which ties a record. Um, these are some of the bigger names on the move. Mm-hmm. One jump out to you here, Ash, that, uh, that maybe caught you off guard, or you said that's a game-changer. Yeah, I I really like the Bradley Chubb deal. It addressed an area of need for Miami. And I think I like the Hines to Buffalo. But like I said to you, Devin Singletary to me is a good running back. He's a pass catching running back. They didn't have to have him to put them over the top. I think it's possible that Bradley Chubb takes that team from maybe being a fringe playoff team to putting them into the playoffs. So I think that's why I would say like, that to me is the one that kind of jumps off the page because he might take them from eh to okay, yeah. I think I Buffalo's you. in no matter what. If they didn't make yeah. that move, Buffalo's in, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but but yeah, I think I like you know I like Buffalo's it. going to need options when they eventually again meet Kansas City to try right. to beat them for a second yep. time in the same season. I've told you I love the TJ Hawkinson yeah. move here. Now, I don't think Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I, I love that the Vikings have given him another receiving weapon with the injury of Irv Smith. You go out and get TJ Hawkinson, really, really good receiving 
uh, tight end. My most impactful trade, though, you said it's Bradley Chubb for you to Miami. It's Roquan Smith. So I'm go. I'm cheating a little Linebacker. bit because I'm going. To, I'm going a day earlier than the trade yep. deadline itself. Okay. But Roquan Smith, um, with the middle of that defense, a defense that needs some toughness, needs some tackling. Smith brings both of those things to the table. The the problem is going to be running into Buffalo and Kansas City. But I do think now that Baltimore is and should be the favorites to win the AFC North. We, we've seen Cincinnati continue to scuffle. No, I'm not going to buy that Deshaun Watson's six games or whatever he'll right. play is enough to get the Browns back into this thing. The Steelers stink. So I like that Baltimore has said, look, the division's there for the taking. Let's mm-hmm. go get the best linebacker in football, potentially. We need something like that. So for me, okay, now it feels like Ravens football is kind of back the way we remember it to be with Roquan Smith uh, in the middle of that defense. Here. Nick. This guy, he drinks the Kool-Aid even if it doesn't make sense. The Kool-Aid could have arsenic in it, and he's drinking it. Would you rather have a fan like Nick who just never, never, never negative relents yeah. or or somebody who flip-flops quite a bit? Oh, Nick. Yeah. Okay. Um, couple of na- big-name receivers also on the move, not for this year, but for down the road, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting that teams viewed this trade deadline as – Let's get better, for not because we know we're going to win this year, but mm-hmm. but let's give our quarterbacks help for down the road, and that's Justin Fields in Chicago. It's Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Um, two good receivers trying to help out young quarterbacks. I like the moves of both teams to be aggressive. Yeah. As a Packers fan, you never see this. They've never helped their quarterbacks in terms of receivers unless they've drafted them, um, and and they don't even do that. So They could have gone like, and get Chase Claypool. Could have tried. I like I like these moves here by Chicago and Jacksonville to say we've got young quarterbacks that we believe in. Let's get them some help. Yeah, and I think we've talked about it. At some point, you have to be able to say, okay, we know the problem is not the quarterback or we know the problem is the quarterback. And in this case, you're going to get two teams who are going to surround both young quarterbacks with as much talent as possible. And at some point, you'll be able to say, you know what, Justin Fields just isn't going to cut it. Or mm. you know what, maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't our guy. But you have to give them every opportunity and surround them with the best possible pieces, and I think they're trying to do that. It's an interesting question here from Sam. Um, Lamar, Kirk, Dak, to who? If you had to bet money on one of those four Ooh. guys, who are you putting your money on? Right now? Maybe Tua. Mm. Um, but I also think Dak just has the best the best team. So if he can play as well as he did last week, I think they're set up better. Um, I know, obviously, like you're asking individual performance, but I, he's got a good enough team around him that he doesn't have to be great in order for them to win. So maybe it's Dak for me, but I think it, Tua is interesting. He I, And I flip-flopped on Tua. Not that I flip-flopped. I'm, Ooh, I'm not a big Tua believer. But he's proved a lot of people wrong. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he does well in the postseason. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, all right, let's take a quick time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, um, Pro Football Hall of Famer Alan Fanica still to come. We've got the Pick Six Vodka NFL Pick'em ahead. 
Jackson Nishimura from the mm-hmm. Albany Firewolves, part of our Follow the Pack segment each and every week here on Honor Auto and Company. We are loaded up, but there is big college football stuff happening. We've got the first round of the rankings in the college football playoff. We've got some big time games this weekend to look forward to as well. We're back right after this, everybody, on Honor Auto and Company. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. Six carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And brought to you by Performance Industrial as well. Our guy Bill Miller, part of the Real Men Wear Pink campaign, raised a ton of money. He does great things with Folds of Honor as well. A great organization, um, and he is one heck of a businessman as well. Yeah. Partner of the show. We appreciate that. Uh, epoxy flooring, duct cleaning. There is no job that uh, Bill Miller and his team at, at Performance Industrial cannot get done for you. Ash, that leads us into our weekly segment, Dirty Difficult Done. And now, Dirty Difficult and Done. Presented by Performance Industrial. Dirty difficult done every single week here on Honorado and Company. And uh, Ash, as always, you are up first. So my dirty difficult done is that the NFL should be, probably isn't, but should be done with the Washington Commanders ownership. I'm so sick of hearing about Daniel Snyder and everything he has going against him, because there's a lot. They've been fined $10 million, workplace misconduct. Now we've got investigations left and right. It's a total disaster. And apparently, their news has come out yesterday, so Wednesday of this week, that they have hired someone to potentially look into selling Mm -hmm. the franchise. Bank of America, right? Two weeks after, they said they would never, ever, ever sell the franchise. I think it would be the best thing for the NFL if they sell the franchise. But there's talk. I know Jim Irsay talked about, hey, maybe we can get owners to vote him out. That takes like 24 of 32 owners to agree to the vote. That's probably not going to happen. So I think it would be good for the NFL as a whole. This is a franchise that has won a singular playoff game in 22 years. One playoff game. This They're not good. It, this is the type of thing where you deal with – some of this stuff, if it's a good team, this is a terrible team, and it's a, a guy who's a pain in the butt and has created a bad juju, bad workplace culture. Now maybe there's some financial improprieties that are being looked into and investigated. Yep. Total disaster. I'm done with them. I don't know about the NFL. Yeah, I know. It takes the NFL a while to do some stuff. Not as long as Major League Baseball, but it takes the NFL a while. Right. Uh, going to be a difficult, going difficult here, difficult week. Okay. For the top SEC teams, Tennessee is number one, people. Hello. Yeah, buddy. Are you paying attention to college football this year? If you aren't, you're, this would bowl you over. Tennessee's number one, but they go on the road to Georgia this mm-hmm. week. Okay, one versus three, the Bulldogs. 
Alabama is far from out of this thing. They're number six. They're seven and one. They go to LSU. So you're going to Athens. You're going to Baton Rouge. This is a difficult week for the top SEC teams. Not only is it difficult for Tennessee, it's difficult for Georgia, right? I mean, everybody was kind of like, hey, Georgia is the presumptive season-long number one team in the country. They're still Mm 8-0, but they're number three in the college football playoff ranking. This is not easy for Georgia either to try to find the road back to a national championship game. So difficult week for the top SEC teams. Here are the college football playoff rankings. First release, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan. Now, on last week's show, I my I you I went difficult again. I said it mm-hmm. is difficult to kind of predict the top four teams in college football. It has not been the case in the last handful of years, but now it is. Like Tennessee already beat Alabama. They could beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. Ohio State and Michigan are going to play one another. Mm-hmm. So who's the better team there? I know it's two and five, but a lot of people in the country would tell you Michigan's a top four team right now and yeah. should be. They aren't, okay? Uh, Clemson at Notre Dame this weekend shouldn't be much of an issue, but an interesting game there. Yeah. Um, is anybody going to stop Clemson? Maybe North Carolina, you get to the ACC championship game. Yeah. And here's TCU at 8 0. Ash, I've got six 8 0 teams still. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. And that's, that's an Oregon team that got it absolutely handed to them by go. Georgia in the opening yep. week. So, like, I always say this it is smart to lose early in college football. Alabama gets their loss out of the way early, and obviously now they have to run the table, but they're in much better position than, say, Georgia losing this weekend or Tennessee losing this weekend because then maybe you don't get to the SEC championship game if you're one of those two. You got to win late, lose early, and then hope that you can get to that SEC championship in order to win it if you're Alabama. And this is why when they do lose, they've done it smartly. And maybe all of this is moot. Nick says Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, which everybody at the beginning of the year would yep. have said those will be the top four teams. Yeah. If it does play out that way, then all of this is moot. But I will say, if it plays out that way, at least there was some more late yeah. season interest. Yep. Um, and we and we still ended up with what people yep. you know, would tell you are the best teams yep. in the country. Michigan but, is back, but. which is good for football. Tennessee at number one is something that I'm not sure anyone could have told you they saw coming two no years way. ago. This is Josh Heupel's second season. Yep. We were kind of surprised by that. You thought it was his third. It's his second season, and he has like taken this team from the depths to the top. Um, and it, they're they're legit. I mean, Very good. they are legit. I'm Very I'm excited good. for Georgia UT this weekend. But yeah, it's new teams. It's a little bit of fresh blood. A team like TCU, they have a, a, a train wreck of a schedule coming up. They've got uh, all kinds of tough games, but it's cool to see different teams in the mix this late in the season. Starts with Texas Tech this weekend for TCU. All right. Hall of Famer Alan Fanica. You remember him from the offensive lines with the Steelers and the Jets and the car. I almost went Canadian there. The offensive line. Offensive line. Yeah. With the Steelers, Jets, and Cardinals. We're talking with the Pro Football Hall of Famer on Honorado and Company right after this. Teams. Athletes. organizations we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose claim your crown
At Marcellus Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcellus is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. We're back on Honorado and Company. You get an opportunity to talk to a pro football Hall of Famer. You never say no, that's for sure. But there is such a I had a, this was a revelation for me. Mm-hmm. I knew how great Alan Fanica was as a football player. I had no idea what he had dealt with medically in his life to still become that yeah. great football player, Ash. Yeah, listen, I had the same reaction that I didn't realize a pro football player to play with a condition like epilepsy, and now he's the man behind a serious mission that that is benefiting people with epilepsy, and that's why we have him on. Yeah, the initiative Steps Toward Zero, and we will certainly get into that, but let's bring in the Hall of Famer, Alan Fanica, here on Honorado and Company. 13 seasons, the Steelers, the Jets, and the Cardinals. Alan, it's Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller, thanks for doing the show. It's it's good to talk with you. How are you? My pleasure. Good to talk to you too, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about your uh, diagnosis now, what, 30-some years ago, 31 years ago almost, um, and how you were able to play beyond that. But you know what? One of the things that jumped out to me was you're a high school football coach. At one time, you were the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL, my guess is you don't have to be a coach. What makes you want to be a coach? You know, it's it's really an opportunity to give back to the community is the way I look at it. You know, I, I joined them uh, just helping out in a, an assistant coach capacity when I could, and it just kind of developed into uh, getting more dedicated, more dedicated, and then the, uh, the head coach uh, retired and moved on to coaching the golf team. And uh, so it just looked like an opportunity and a fun opportunity to, to jump in and uh, kind of take the helm and be in charge. I never really enjoyed it. I mean, is that the most natural retirement ever? Football <laughs> to golf. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, Alan, was there ever, listen, you're diagnosed at 15 with epilepsy. That's back in 1991. You're a football player then, I imagine. Was there ever any worry that that would derail what ultimately ended up being a Hall of Fame career? You know, there was a lot of concern. Uh, you know, this is before the internet, right? This is before uh, all our questions get answered by, uh, you know, talking to your phone. Uh, so there were a lot of questions. You know, you're going through all the testing, uh, getting all the answers. And then, uh, you know, you're going to your doctors and talking to your doctors and you're asking them all these questions. And, you know, once we got past all the, the basic life questions, how is this going to impact my life? You know, then you start getting to the extra stuff like, hey, I play football, I play basketball. How, how can I still continue to play sports and be active and do all these things if, uh, you know, if I have to be concerned about that? And, you know, really uh, the support from my family and, and the doctors really got me through that. And, you know, he told me to go out there and do what I love and to keep chasing my dreams. And, you know, I never asked again after I got that answer. It turned into nine Pro Bowls, eight All-Pro selections, a Super Bowl title, uh, a memorable playoff run certainly for Jets fans 
um, behind uh, one of the great offensive lines that that franchise has ever had. And they've had some good offensive linemen, that's for darn sure. Uh, but with Thomas Jones and Sean Green, I remember that rushing attack uh, for the New York Ground. Jets, Allen. Yeah. Ground and pound. Yeah, you know it. Exactly. And the defense was was pretty good to allow you guys to, to play that kind of game. Um, okay, so Ashley, you know, kind of asked you, okay, what's the what's the worry level once you're in the nfl are you looking back and thinking my goodness I, I can't believe i got here or did you did you learn that other guys were also dealing with the same thing in the nfl you know there were a couple other guys when i was playing uh, at the same time had epilepsy um you know we had discussions uh, we met um, but, you know, it's just another thing that, that you deal with. You know, I try not to uh, let it uh, impact me in a way and just uh, something I dealt with every day and just kept moving forward. And just, uh, uh, you know, was always uh, on my task when I was playing, always trying to work and get better and, and take care of myself as well was just part of my journey. Alan, can you explain what the Steps Towards Zero movement is and what your goal behind it is for people living with epilepsy? Yeah, the, the the steps towards zero is uh, brought to by brought to us by SK Life Science, and it's really a, a call to action to uh, empower the community and help everybody try uh, and reimagine what what zero can mean to them. You know, zero doesn't mean to me what it means to you know person A, B, or C, but we all have our own journey, and we can all revisit that journey and and, uh, and find the community out there. Uh, let let everybody know that we're not alone that there are other people with epilepsy and you can talk about it um, and you can get out there and, and find those people. Um, you know, it's really striving to find what your zero is for you. And that's what we're trying to do because so many people with epilepsy, uh, they have it and they just kind of go with it. Right. And you just, you know, it might be a year, you might be two years, it could be more uh, and you haven't revisited it. Right. What, what are, what are your, what are your goals for life? How, how can your epilepsy path be changed and be different? And that's what we really are trying to get the word out is for people to get out there and revisit it and, and find out what their zero is. And you're in the minority, right? I mean, I know more than half of people who in the U.S. who have epilepsy continue to have seizures. That's not the case for you anymore. Um, but this is still a very personal thing for you. Not only are you epileptic, Alan, but you have a daughter who is as well. Is that right? I do. I do. You know, uh, my, my daughter's path is completely different from mine, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's really a blessing. It's been a blessing as a father to have gone through it and to know what she's feeling, especially when she was uh, just an infant and not able to uh, communicate yeah. uh, how she was feeling, what she was going through. I, I had a pretty good idea. So uh, in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing that I have epilepsy so that I'm there for her. Uh, can help uh, the family understand what's going on with her, especially when she was a lot younger. So it, it's been it's been uh, a blessing in the disguise, but uh, you know it's it's something that I try to impart on her is that it's you know it's not it's not who we are. It's only part of who we are, and we just keep moving forward. And we keep uh, you know we got a little more to do during the day than than everybody <laughs> else, and that's fine. And we just keep moving. Alan, you mentioned everyone's zero, everyone's journey is different with epilepsy. I had the opportunity to MC. We have uh, the Epilepsy Foundation of Northeast New York. I had the opportunity to MC that walk and fundraiser. Um, and, and the face of epilepsy is different. It may be someone who it's very obvious. It may not be in other cases. But why is it important as a whole to kind of destigmatize uh, epilepsy altogether? 
you know, Hollywood does a good job of, of scaring people, you know, they, they get paid to do that and they, they give the big grand scheme of things. And that's really all that, that people know. If you, if you don't uh, know somebody with epilepsy, that's all that you know is what, what you see on TV and in the movies. And, you know, it's, it's a big scary thing that they present to you, but that's not all that that person is. And it's, it's part of a, a conversation is trying to engage people to, to, to discover a little bit more about it and to let people who have epilepsy to know you don't have to hide behind what that stigma that Hollywood creates. Um, that's just what Hollywood creates. That's not you and your journey. And for, for people with epilepsy to kind of stand up and, and take charge and not be afraid and be scared and to know that one in 26 people have epilepsy. So there, there's somebody that they know that has epilepsy. And the more you talk about it, the more you're going to find other people, uh, the bigger your community, your support group is going to become. I just have a couple more for you, Alan. I'll give Ashley the last word here. Um, I see the LSU helmet behind you. Are they beating the tide this weekend? Definitely. Is there any doubt? <laughs> and then second, um, Bill Cower, uh, Mike Tomlin, Rex Ryan, who, who uh, among your other coaches, maybe it's one of those three, was the most intimidating guy you played for? Ah, most intimidating guy. Um, you know, Coach Cower had that that scowl and that jaw that, you know, yeah. kind of made him famous on the sideline. Yeah. I would say he's the most intimidating. You know, I think uh, Rex Ryan would be like the most uh, intense, passionate uh, speech giver of uh, yeah. any of my head coaches. So I think everybody brought their own little uh, piece uh, to their head coaching journey. But I think... Uh, Coach Cower was definitely the most uh, intimidating. Okay. Has it been hard for you? I know you're a Steelers guy through and through. Has it been hard for you to watch the Steelers and or the Jets struggle as they have? But what have you seen from Kenny Pickett that makes you think, oh, maybe they've got something? <laughs> you know, it, it does get hard sometimes because, you know, when you're done – uh, playing, you know, you just become a fan. I'm a fan again, right? So you're always looking and watching and uh, uh, rooting for, you know, every team I've played or, or anywhere I know somebody, a coach, and you're, you're cheering for them. Uh, you know, Kenny's a rookie, and he's going to have a, a lot to learn from. Uh, I think there's a lot of positive that he's out there doing. Uh, you know, I think what's going on with the Steelers currently uh, is a lot more than uh, having a rookie quarterback. So I think there's a lot of uh, challenges for the team as a whole to uh, to fix and get better. And uh, then everything else will uh, kind of fall in place, hopefully. An epilepsy diagnosis did not stop this guy from going all the way to the Hall of Fame. Steps toward zero. Check it out. Uh, I educated myself about this when, when we had the opportunity to speak with you, Alan. I know other people will after hearing this conversation. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, guys. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. the pack is back 
The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team returns to the Capital Region and MVP Arena this December. Get your tickets now for our season home opener when we take on Albany lacrosse legend Connor Fields and the Rochester Nighthawks on Saturday, December 17th at 7 p.m. Season tickets, flex plans, family packs, and game tickets are on sale now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack! And now, back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Welcome back to Honorado and Company. Chris has handed me the steering wheel, which is a little bit unusual. But, Chris, my picks, your picks were bad. My picks were worse. For the second time in maybe three weeks, I have a total of one win, which means I went 0 for 6 this week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh for six, yes, oh for six, oh, but I can't claim to be much better. No, just not this week. You weren't much better, but you were one win better. Yeah, uh, and with that, here we go into the pick six vodka NFL pick'em. And now your weekly NFL pick'em, presented by Pick Six Vodka. Maybe we can get a little bit of help from a friend. We need that's it. pretty bad. Here are the numbers, people. 26 and 22 on the season for me. That's after a one and five week. Uh, Ash, you were creeping closer no, to 500 before last good. week. And then we both really went in the absolute tank. You know what? I wish I could say I was trying to make all of our guest pickers feel like, no. you know what? You can't do any worse than Ashley. And it's true. You really can't do any worse than Ashley. So no pressure. Of course, you want to win because you want to win um, the contributions from our sponsors to this non- nonprofit, whoever wins. You want that money, but you can't be any more embarrassing than anything I've done all year long. All right. Before we get to our guest picker this week, it's Mandy Brown from the Unity House. And Ash can tell us about how yeah. News Channel 13 gets involved each and every single holiday season let's get through the games here bills and jets giants have the bye week so we've got the bills at the jets it is a two touchdown spread and we both still stay take the points new york we like buffalo yeah this is despite the bills not covering against the packers game at the packers which we were at and by a half point which really disappoints me and yet i'm still going to pick them again against the jets who have a pretty good defense as well they do. I'm down on the Jets after last week. I was riding yep. the Jets and the Giants. They both let me down, and now I'm now I'm on the Bills for a second straight week, even though Ooh, they we're different here. I love it. Colts at the Patriots. Now I saw the news about Jonathan Taylor middle of the week, and I thought, mm-hmm. boy, I would change my pick if I could. But I'm going to ride with the Colts here, still not knowing whether or not Taylor's going to play. Uh, Here's the deal. I'm not saying Indianapolis is a good team. I'm not saying Indianapolis is going to win, but I'm saying I think this is close. So give me the Colts. No Hines for the Colts. Uh, The Patriots to me are just kind of an, uh, they're a little bit of an enigma, but they're at home. I'm taking the Patriots. Okay. Chargers at the Falcons. Would you have thought? Weird game, by the way. We're driving back from Buffalo and Ashley and I are looking at the games and saying, okay, what are the ones that are interesting? Let's, Let's pick it. Not a lot of great games out there this no, week. No, not a lot of great games. You, it's the NFL, so we're going to watch, but it may not be pretty. 
But who would have thought earlier in the year that we'd be picking the Falcons over the Chargers? This, this is kind of strange. We're in strange territory here. But the Falcons have been better than they should be, and the Chargers have been not as good as they should be. Two things at play here. What's one of them, Ash? Uh, we've got a home dog. we got a home dog in Atlanta. And we've got a West Coast team coming east to play a one o'clock game. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw those two things up against the wall and hope one of them sticks. Seahawks at the Cardinals. Here's my rationale on the Cardinals, and our news director is gonna crush me for picking Arizona again. Vegas, based on the number, mm-hmm. I think Vegas is begging people to take Seattle. Well, they begged me, and I took it. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me. I'm gonna. Go against the tide here and take Arizona at home. Seattle's been playing very, very, very well. well. And they're the better team. Yep. I don't know. Every time I've picked the Cardinals or picked against them, they've done the opposite. So I'm out on them. I'm going to ride with Seattle a little bit. I love Geno. Maybe they get it done. We'll see. Yeah. It's in Arizona. Yeah. So We're both on the Rams here going to Tampa Bay uh, as an underdog Rams were not good last week. They are not very good overall, but neither is Tampa. Yeah, neither team is good. So this is going to be your game of the week, right, at 425 on yeah. Sunday. Um, Only two games in that 4 o'clock window. Good luck, people. You're, you're going to be stuck watching this thing, and I don't yeah. think it's going to be a good game. But yeah. we're both on the Rams. We're okay. both on the Rams. All right. Uh, your mom is happy that I no, picked sad. Arizona. She's upset. She's that's upset a sad, with you. Chris, that's a sad face. I know. It looked like a smile in my little uh, screen here that I'm working <laughs> with initially. But I, but I picked Arizona. All right, here's the Sunday night game on News Channel 13, NBC. This is Titans a big spread. And and... Big number, 11 and a yeah, half. But Malik Willis, Brian Tannehill, um, Chiefs at home at yep. night are a no-brainer for me. This yep. could have been 13 and a half, and I would have given the points to Tennessee. Yeah, same. We're on the same wavelength. That the eleven and a half scares me a little bit, just because anytime we get to that big of a number, it tends to not work out. But yeah. All right. Let's bring her in, Mandy Brown. I think Mandy, this might be the first time we've met. I'm not going to say face to face because it's not really face to face, but it's sort of face to face. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. Good. For Thanks me. so much for coming on. Thank you. Mandy, you guys are at the beginning of your exciting season. I mean, obviously yes. the work the work goes year round for the Unity House, um, but this is a critical time where we really hear about the need of people in the community with the holidays, Thanksgiving, and right up into Christmas as well. Um, we are thrilled to have you as part of this. You probably know the deal by now, but if you get more wins than any other local nonprofit you will be the beneficiary of a little donation courtesy of our local business partners. So uh, it will come right in time for uh, your busy season, which would be great. Here's what you're up against just quickly on the screen. I'll throw it up here for you. Uh, Nobody's doing well to be completely honest with you. Jody and Chris from high five sports are, they they went four and two a couple weeks ago. So you have to beat the number four uh, in order to be the sole recipient, um, if you or go five you and one, you're in good business. Yeah, yeah. Maybe exactly. you maybe you get four and two and you split, but do you, to five and one would put you in first place, which is where we want to be, right? All right. Yeah. Yes. So, are you an NFL fan? Was this easy for you to do? Some of them were. Some okay. some were some were easy enough. I did have to, you know, ask the CEO a couple, you know, his opinion on a couple. So, okay. I do have to say the couple that he chose. Um, you guys 
totally went against the other went oh, with the other team. No. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see All how right. this goes. Well, listen, going against us might be a good uh, bet. Uh, Seeing as how we went last week, going against us might be a good bet. All right, game one, we're all on Buffalo. I think that's a good thing, Mandy. I think Buffalo yeah. is a good pick. You you guys pick Buffalo as well. Do we got Bills fans in the house at the Unity House? Oh, yeah. I, I am definitely one. So <laughs> have been since I was little. So my whole family. Okay. Yep. So that's your team. So you got you to gotta ride with your team, then. That's a good pick. I like it. Then you go to the Colts, but here's where you you said there would be a twist, and that's the Chargers in our third game of the week. You you like the Chargers against the Falcons, maybe with a little bit of help here, but that's an opportunity to get one on us, even though we're not all going head-to-head here. It's an opportunity to to look smart uh, amongst the crowd. Uh, And then then Seattle after that as well, Mandy. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. Those those two were – my CEO picked those two. He was okay. taking the point spread. That was his. That's okay. what he was gearing it on is the point spread. So I, I kind of agreed with him, but we'll see. You know? That's okay. the toughest part of picking these games. Obviously, we're not just picking winners. And that was right. it's the confusing part for some people like, well, but I won the game. Yeah, but they didn't <laughs> win by enough. So you yep. didn't win the game. And that's right. what's killed me all season long. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes you pick the winners and you don't, you still don't get the win, which is unfortunate. Right. Uh, Rams, you went bucks. So you went against Chris and I for the, the Rams bucks game, which are you a Tom Brady fan? Uh, I'm not, but my okay. CEO was all for the bucks. He thought the Buccaneers would do the point spread against the Rams. So. All right. Well, I can appreciate that. Anytime yeah, yeah. you just ride with Tom Brady, I think it's, it's generally a safe bet. It hasn't been so much this season. Right. And then we're all on the chiefs. So bills chiefs top and bottom, the biggest oh. point spreads of the week. And I think we're, we're all kind of supportive and, and think that the bills and the chiefs are two of the best teams. So they're going to cover two of the bigger spreads. Yep. Mandy, here's the good news. Yes. Uh, if, if your CEO is correct, you'll win a lot of games. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if he isn't, you have reason to make fun of the boss, which is always good. Right. right. You can blame it on him and be like, well, I didn't pick all those right. games. It's your no. fault. Right. Your right. Fault. Uh, Mandy here at news channel 13. We, uh, we love being partnered up with the unity house for, yeah. I always call it adopt a kid. I know it's your yeah. holiday program. Um, we've adopted a few more kids this holiday season yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about the, that program in particular and why this time of year is so important to this particular organization? Sure. So um, we have our children's holiday program. We hold it. Every, we do it every year. We start preparation in October. Um, we fill over um, help over 1,200 children um, through the program. Um, and that is throughout the agency. So all these children are coming from our housing, our supportive housing, our domestic violence, our child care, um, our community resources. So throughout all these programs, that's where all these um, all the help is needed. So what we do, there's several ways you get wish lists so you can shop for a child. You can do toy drives. Um, you can always make a monetary donation. And that helps us um, go out and shop for any last minute emergencies, whatever. This, um, the last two years with COVID, we had to change things up, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we also have our wish lists on online through Amazon Smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can also do it that way. And then you can just ship directly to us. You don't have to hit a store, nothing. <laughs> shop from home. <laughs> um, so we have that. But 
it is so important because with us able to provide this for families, they're not having to make the decision of leaving, not having their necessities. So we're able to do that for them and they know their children will still have a holiday just like anybody else. So um, through this program, you know, all the children will get two wants and two needs. Yep. Um, and, we, and then we, we will also provide pajamas, a book, puzzle, you know, games. So we also add additional in there to also make it more family oriented with games and stuff. But um, this program is near and dear to my heart. I, I look forward to it. It's very rewarding. Um, and it is very hard and difficult at the same time to just see um, how difficult some of these families really have it. And um, so any little bit helps. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, I love this program. I love this time of year. (laughs) I love it too. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I get for this time of year. And then the response, like getting response from coworkers who are also supportive of it. And we have some people who just want to donate money and don't want to go out and do the shopping. And then you've got crazy people like me who are just like, I want to get everything, like, give me your money. I'm going to go out and spend my own money. Like it's such, it's such a great, great program. And listen, it's not the only thing that the unity house does. We know that, but this is the time of year when this is the big thing going on at the unity house. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm one of those, I, you know, I go out black Friday before I even come to work at seven in the morning, hit some, you know, I get the Barbies and hot wheels and stuff and, you know, get some of those deals and I bring them in. So yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I have to say, you know, the capital region is so giving and so supportive that it wouldn't be possible to help all these families without them. So, you know, it's a shout out to them for their support you know, continually for this program. And having been part of it, we would encourage uh, anybody who's able to get involved uh, this holiday season or any time of the year with the Unity House. The need is great. Uh, It has certainly not subsided post-COVID with the economic uh, situation the world is in. uh, People are feeling it as much now as ever, ever before. Mandy, thanks for taking the time with us here, doing the picks. Uh, good luck gathering all of the, the toys and, and all the necessities as well uh, ahead of the holidays. And, uh, and I know we'll be seeing you soon. Great. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mandy. All right. So Mandy can awesome. give her boss a hard time if yeah. the picks don't turn out well, but she could also be a, a good beneficiary of, of what we're trying to do here on Honorado no and Company, which is cool. All Great right. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, we've got Jackson Nishimura from the Albany Firewolves with us part of our follow the pack weekly segment here on the show back in less than a minute everyone you've heard of unsung heroes the men and women of nyscoba are the unseen heroes for the past year you've learned about our many charitable endeavors now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view they work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. Fire, water, smoke, mold, and sewage cleanup. Reconstructing your home after a disaster can be both stressful and demanding. KPM Restoration will work quickly to restore your home. We'll help provide complete damage restoration to your property. My problem was that 
Uh, I was traveling. There was a leak in my basement. We called KPM. They came in at 9 o'clock at night and were there till 2 o'clock in the morning until the problem was solved. KPM Restoration. We'll get you back to normal. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Shout out to the Albany Firewolves season. Not that far away now. They've gone through tryouts, camp. Training camp. And uh, a lot of the guys are are, are new, mm-hmm. but, but some are not. And we've had the opportunity to talk to a familiar name or two, and we're going to do the same thing here, Ash. Yeah, Jackson Nishimura. He's a, a returner. One, I'm not going to say few. There are a handful of returners. But yeah. Jackson has had the most interesting offseason mm-hmm. of any player on this roster. So I think that's where we should start, Chris, because as much of a roller coaster ride as your your you know World Series predictions are, Jackson's been on a roller coaster ride this offseason. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Jackson Nishimura with us here on Honorado and Company. Jackson, thanks for hanging out, waiting for us, taking the time. We appreciate it, man. What do we have you in the middle of here? I'm uh, I'm just at work, so I'm, I'm stepping away for a little bit. But uh, thanks for having me on. Of course, you guys are always working. Last week, working. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you guys you guys are busy, busy people. Jackson, let's start with the off season. You get picked up in the expansion draft by Vegas. I, I hope you didn't move all your stuff out to Vegas before you you got sent back to Albany. What was that like for you? Um, to kind of think you were changing teams and then to be traded back for a month later. Um, it, it was it was a different experience for sure. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of different emotions that go into that. You know, when you get picked, you know, it's it's, it's bittersweet for different ways, right? You're leaving your team, the, the guys in the locker room, the guys that you're used to playing with. Um, and on the other hand, there's some excitement, right? A new team, an expansion team. So, um, a little bit of that, um, but you know, with, with that, that kind of small time frame where I was with Vegas, um, I guess for about a month, uh, I, I was still talking to, to my teammates here and everything. So it, it hadn't really sunk in, I guess yet. Um, just because we hadn't, we hadn't gone down or started playing yet. So. Um, you know, I'm pumped to be back. I'm, I'm happy that a deal got worked out to, to be back in Albany. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more excited to, to get this year going. So this isn't like a girlfriend breaking up with you and then a month later realizing she made a mistake and wants you back. You're, 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 you're excited to be given. back. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, you know, anytime you get the, the chance to play, we're, we're somewhere where you feel wanted is, is obviously a good feeling for a player. And, you know, it's a place I'm used to, you know, the guys in the room, um, you know, a lot of new faces, but you know, there's a, there's a handful of returning guys, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to continue to play with those guys and, and play with the new guys that are going to join our team. Um, and yeah, just a, a familiar setting. Um, so yeah, there, there's, there's no, ex-girlfriend type type deals or, or getting back together or anything like that. Jackson, where's home for you? Uh, Toronto. Okay. That's where you are now? Yeah. Okay. And did you come down? You were down to training camp. Did you get on that bus of all those Toronto guys? <laughs> yes. So I was on the bus. Yeah. How, how was training camp and what do you, what can you accomplish? I know it's just three quick days, but what can you accomplish, especially with 
so many new faces, like you mentioned, how can you kind of build on that one weekend? Um, I think it's the first step for a long season, right? I think you can, you can get a lot done in terms of setting the tone, right? The culture that, you know, the leadership wants to kind of build from, from the top down. So I think, I think it is a, a brief period of time, but there is a lot that you can get accomplished. Um, you know, it was obviously awesome to get back and play. And I think, I think that goes without saying that, that all the players were, and you know, the staff were really excited to be back. So, um, you know, we had a good weekend. It was, it was fast paced. We played a lot. Um, you know, the, there was a lot of new players that were, that were really good. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, the first step along, along the season journey, but, uh, yeah, I think we, we put that foot in the ground and, and we're moving in the right direction. So, um, getting ready for the next one here, I guess, pretty soon. Here's the good news. Uh, easier trip Toronto to Buffalo to start the season. Uh, and then the home opener for fans is December 17th against Rochester. Jackson Nishimura with us here on Honorado and Company. Follow the pack, our weekly segment here with the Albany Firewolves. Um, how much does last season leave a taste in your mouth uh, in terms of motivating you, maybe personally, for this season, but also, like, is that a message you have to convey to the new guys that, you know, look, we were good last year, but we were certainly short of, of what we wanted to accomplish? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're all competitive. I don't think that that message, I think everyone in their own right is, is a professional and they want to win and compete. Um, so I, I don't think in terms of that, any messaging mm -hmm. has to be conveyed outwards. I think everyone's kind of got that within and knows the reason why we're there. Um, you know, with that being said, I think Buffalo for the first game is a good place for us to start. Last yeah. year, that was our playoff game where we came up a little short. And then um, before that, uh, a couple of years ago with New England, that's that's where our playoffs ended as well in Buffalo. So, um, you know, I, I think we got that, that's a good first test for us and, and, and a good measuring stick to see where we're at right off the bat. And, and obviously, um, a little bit more fuel to the fire there as well, just, just because of that history. Jackson, who is a name that fans should look out for that will be new to them? Like, where does this offense come from with so many different pieces on that end? Oh, there, there's so many. Um, you know, I think that first weekend playing defense, it wasn't fun uh, to <laughs> play against all those offensive guys. They were so good. Um, Ethan Walker was, you know, he played on on my team in the scrimmage, so I was able to kind of get to see him a little more. He was really good. Um, you know, John Piatelli was another guy on my team that that I thought was incredible. So, you know, I, I don't want to go too much into it. I think yeah, that's yeah. The, the coach's job, um, mm -hmm. you know. But but I was very impressed with, with the whole group across the board. Um you know, they were, they were definitely not making it easy on us, even though um, new group, but, but they matched really quickly. So, yeah, they, I think I'm excited for that group, um, you know, to see what they're, they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, listen, uh, Firewolves fans will remember Ethan Walker. He was a star with the Georgia Swarm against them last season. So good to have him on the same side this year. And John Piatelli is a rookie that you mentioned, third-round draft pick uh, of the Firewolves this year. So you get a couple – you know, rookies, you get a couple, we're not going to call them veterans. I don't know that Ethan Walker is really a veteran, but a couple of stars in the league to add to this team. And it should be a lot of fun this season 
home opener December 17th. But before that, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Season opener December 3rd. Jackson, we'll see you back here in Albany December 17th. Um, until then, be good. Stay healthy, man. Yeah, we're not going to okay. get in trouble for you, the boss yelling at you. I think break time is probably <laughs> over, man. We appreciate it. Okay, no, thanks very much for, for having me on. Thanks, Jackson. All right, that is follow the pack each and every single week here on Honorado and Company. Good to catch up with Jackson Nishimura. Um, I have to throw this up here because we are going to do exactly what Sam doesn't want us to do. This is the MO of the show. You don't want us to talk about something. Now <laughs> we're going to talk it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. listen to the viewers. We are jumping into what we think uh, people are talking about, and that is, is what no people are talking doubt. about. People yeah, no are talking about this, Ash, that the Brooklyn Nets this week mutually parted ways with head coach Steve Nash. Now, we believe this. The yes. quote, the quotations are yes. from GM yeah. Sean Marks. Yep. You and I both don't believe these are air quotes. This is actually what happened. Steve Nash was like, I'm good, and the Nets surprised. were like, we're good. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if it was initiated by Steve Nash. Like, I think I'm all set here. Like, if you guys want to go a different way, like, I'm pretty good. And and I don't I don't think this happens seven games into the season, if not for what Kyrie Irving mm -hmm. did and is now shelling out half a million dollars with the Brooklyn Nets um, to support certain organizations. Okay. So I think Steve Nash was like, I am done mm -hmm. dealing with the questions that come with some of these players. Uh, we're not winning. This isn't fun for me. I'm good. The organization clearly is backing the mm -hmm. player. I am good. I texted you jokingly. Support something athletic? Eh. Don't win a lot of games? You're out. That's the way, obviously, this looks. And it is a star league yep. run by players. Here is another example. Yeah, it's just so backwards. I'm not sure who's more dysfunctional. Uh, I talked about the Washington Commanders early on in my Triple D the Nets are probably a close second in terms cool. of dysfunction. Maybe not long-term, but in the past two years, the Nets' dysfunction is at an all-time high. We talked about the Harden experiment didn't work out. Now you've got KD. Kyrie is always a problem, whether it's not getting vaccinated or you know supporting anti-Semitic movies and books and being vocal about it. Now he's since apologized. I always just think, like, is he really sorry? Because you wouldn't post it in the first place if you didn't believe it, but... That's for that's between him and his higher power. So it, it's just always a disaster there. Kenny oh, Atkinson, Jock Vaughn, Steve Nash, Jock Vaughn. It'll be Ime Odoka. Can he save this group? No. Short answer. We needed a short answer as we run up against the clock here on Honorado and Company. I'm with you. I think it's a failed experiment. You mentioned the James Harden stuff. It just absolutely continues here with this group in Brooklyn. It is not going to work out the way they wanted it to and really the way they or the really the way it should have with these superstars. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the World Series. Enjoy the football. We'll see you next week on Honorado and Company.